Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. It's Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Every week on Jordan, Jesse, go, we get into the craft of leather crafting. Belts, wrist watch straps, uh, even a little bit of shoemaking. Tan that hide? Yes, please. Thank you very much. We're not the first podcast to be pro-hide tanning, but, <laughs> you know, we're probably the best. Yeah. Um, hey, Jesse. Yeah. I've noticed um, that because— Is this about aniline hides again? <laughs> uh, it's not. Okay. It's not. I know. Um, if, I, if I get into it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rile up the internet again, and I don't need that. Mm-hmm. But I—here's my concern. That I think because our podcast, um, you know, just because of, of Apple Podcasts, you know, grouping and their categories they have. Right. Um, I think that our leather podcast is attracting a lot of enthusiasts mm-hmm. who listen and then are disappointed that it's about the that it's about the craft of leather making. Do you, you get I'm trying to be delicate here because I don't well, want to. I mean, crass. we we had we've had meetups. Right. So I've met some of the cool dudes who come to them. Yeah. And they seem really great, and they love leather. I mean, they even do cosplay for the meetups. Yeah, I mean, that's great. I love all those looks. Mm-hmm. Um, Dogman especially. Yeah. That guy is <laughs> sure. always great. God, I love to see Dogman. But I think that just there's some... Con- Could you imagine loving leather so much mm-hmm. that you become Dogman? I mean... Just a passion for the... Just the craft. The I, tools, listen, the process. I love it. I've been doing this leather podcast for, mm-hmm. you know, nigh on 500 episodes. I mean, I've made so many things out of leather. I haven't even begun to try making a cod piece. And so for people who are starting there, the passion that must drive them is incredible. And I think... I just think... I, here's, here's, the, here's the kinds of comments that I'm concerned about. Right. Uh, why can I understand? And I'm reading here yeah. from our reviews. Right. No, I see that you have a printout of our reviews that our producer Brian Fernandez provided you. Yeah, and some uh, and some sheets from MapQuest.com, so I could get over here faster. Sure. <laughs> well, you want to take the best route? And some concert tickets. Mm-hmm. Love printing stuff out. Um, is, that, is that a Southwest boarding pass? I see you're in the eight. It is full color too. Wow. <laughs> so I also can get some Minute Maid orange juice ads on the side. Can I also mention? What a gorgeous Papa John's coupon and an incredible value. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Is it is that inkjet or bubble jet? Oh, a little of both. It's my <laughs> own special blend. <laughs> In addition to making my own leather goods, I also blend my own printer inks. Yeah. Uh, so here's, the, here's the, so the some of the comments. Uh, why can I... Why can I understand these guys? They should have ball gags in. <laughs> right. And so I think that maybe not we, everybody's going to love the show. No, but I think we've been bad about outreach right. and clarity. Right. Um, so I think that we had that whole episode about outreach and the reach around and the whole nine yards. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, well, in my case, the whole six yards. Right. <laughs> in my case, the whole four yards. Yeah. Um, but but here's the thing is I think that, you know, we need to do some some advertising, maybe some social media work to so as so as we are not attracting the kinds of people who <sighs> think they can use this to jack off. Right. And I'm I'm being a little crass here, but what do I think, you use, I mean again in the interest in clarity. What do you use in the podcasts of, for? Uh, you know, just 
killing time while I'm doing laundry. Weird. Yeah. Um, like it, wh- while you're doing laundry. Yeah, or you know, folding laundry or then you know, commute. Aren't your hands too busy to jack off? Um, no, I mean, I just jack off later. Here's. Again. Sorry, but but the but there's a do you just listen to very long podcasts like the the best show or no? I say uh, Alexa, make jungle noises. <laughs> okay, and then yeah. Sorry, I'm kind of a kinkster. Right, you love a good jaguar. Yeah, so sinuous. Yeah, <laughs> I just imagine that jaguar stalking live. So, anyways, we've got a we've got a PR problem on our hands that I think right. has gone unaddressed for you know 500 or so episodes. Why don't we use this as kind of a stopgap episode? Right. Uh leave leave the leather in the leather cabinet. Okay. Which is where I keep my leather. Okay. Is it okay is it okay if I hang on to my all? Yeah, no that's fine. I know it's kind of a comfort thing like Linus's blanket. Nah, I chew on it. Yeah. <laughs> that's why you call it your num-num. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> why don't we just chat? With a guest from the world of <laughs> podcasts. That is, this a, is this a possible meme for Jordan Jesse Go? When Bay loves his numbers? <laughs> I mean, listen, if we're anything, if we're, we're a couple of things. We're a leather podcast. Yeah. We're a, we're a disappointing jack-off choice. Right. And we're a meme factory. Right. A couple of meme lords over here. Sure. So, yeah, maybe. So you say to your when, – when you need to be sexual, yeah. you say to your smart speaker, uh, Alexa, play jungle sounds. Or Alexa, play Down Easter Alexa. <laughs> <laughs> One of the two. <laughs> it's either jungle noises or Billy Joel story songs. I mean, you know me. I usually just say, hey, Alexa, play Huey Lewis in the news, sports. Sure. Also a good choice. Yeah. Anyway, why don't we chat with a guest from the world of music and podcasting, and we'll get back to leather next week. You know him from the long winters. You know him from his time as a celebrated local columnist. You know him (laughs) as a raconteur. You know him as the host of Maximum Fun's own Friendly Fire podcast. You know him as the host of other podcasts... I presume. Wouldn't know, and frankly, there's no way to know. Mm-hmm. John Roderick. Hi, guys. I'm so psyched to be here on your leather podcast. Hold on. Oh, sorry, I, man. Uh, yeah, bad we're news. taking a break. Although I have to say, I'm a little disappointed. No one has called me daddy since I came in. <laughs> I'm clearly like top dad. Well, that's what Twitter's for. That's right. For but, people calling you daddy. You know, I'm wearing my I'm wearing all the accoutrements that should indicate to people that I am top dad here. Yeah. And uh, yeah. and everybody just gave me that weird Max Fun like shy eye. Roderick's and ready it's not to enough. go. Roderick's ready to go. Yeah, so He's who here. wants the who, He's here. Who you know, I I think spanking? it's probably just <laughs> some confusion. We did invite invite you as a top dad, but yeah. Jesse and I are both top dads. Well, this is a problem, <laughs> We assumed right? you were a bottom dad. No, that's a, an I'm, incorrect assumption. I'm actually, I'm actually putting out... Uh, I misread your LinkedIn profile. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm actually putting out a rap album on Kendrick Lamar's label. Uh, it's called Top Dog, Top Dad. <laughs> um, John, you're not an Angelino, so no. we don't have you on the podcast as much as would like. Yeah, I'd um, like to be here more, but I'm down in Los Angeles for a few days here mm-hmm. around Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, just Performing a romantic concert. I did. I performed a romantic concert last night in celebration of Valentine's Day. 
came down to just romance the stone. Sure, you gotta. And uh, don't neglect the stone. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, my, my my like entire life philosophy: romance the stone, mm. chew the num num. Yeah, sure. That's it. That cut covers both poles. Yeah. So I did that. I romanced the stone, romanced the shit out of it. Good. And now I'm just hanging out because I got a, a room in one of those weird new downtown high rises. Ooh. Oh, yeah. With floor to ceiling windows with this view of all the helipads of downtown LA. <laughs> yeah. Of which there are many. There are so many. And, Wasn't uh, it a weird law? Like yeah. while they were constructing things, there was something like helicopters have to be able to land here. Or things aren't safe. It yeah, was, I think it, so. It was post the uh, Towering Inferno movie or something. Where they, <laughs> it, it was in L.A. code. You have to have a helipad in any building over five stories tall or something. And they yeah. just changed that law recently because all the top dog architects – we're like, we don't want to build buildings in L.A. We can't put big, cool spires on them. Yeah. And so they were all building buildings in Dubai, and L.A. F- had an inferiority complex. I mean, and I think that is like that is kind of one of the things. And, you know, not to get into hack comedy here, but I think that's one of the things you hear about L.A. There's so much traffic. Yep. There's not enough spires. No yeah. spires, right? All the buildings have flat tops. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like, why are we down. even talking about this? Woody Allen did these jokes in 1973. <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Um... So yeah, so floor to ceiling windows. Are you, are you like doing a lot of gazing out? Yep, yep. I do some gazing out. I lay in bed and I look out across the great. It's not a view you see of L.A. unless you're in a helicopter. Sure, yeah. Where you're way up high because everything in L.A. is way down low. So yeah, I'm tripping out. So I just keep calling down to the front desk and I'm like, I'm staying another night. I can't. You can't get me out of here. <laughs> you know what I say about down low? Too slow. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> sure. <laughs> um. And how was did do you how was the atmosphere at the romantic concert? Did was it was it in the air? Was it did it did it did it tip over into nasty or did it stay? Did it stay? Did it PG-13? get stank at all? No. Yeah. How stank was it? In it there? was not very stank. It was a it was a it was a concert featuring a lot of indie rockers mm-hmm. who are uh-huh. typically not known for their right. bump and grind. Sure, right. and it was uh, oriented around a single grand piano, which again. Doesn't really. There's not a lot of like uh, taboo rhythms mm-hmm. that go along with like you know, right. Bing Bong, Bing Bong. bong. <laughs> and no- every year at Carnival, they roll out <laughs> they roll out the grand piano onto yeah. that float. Yeah, and have like eleven people that don't normally play the piano. No, uh, sit and try and make some funky music on it. But uh, but it was you know it was heartfelt and uh, oh there was a lot of vulnerability and that's what people want now in romance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure, they don't want you they want it raw, gr- real, yeah. raw. They don't want to get raw heavy, dog like, from top daddy. That's <laughs> right. I mean, I, but but not like grinding on them. Right. They want you to get inside their little heart and you sure. know make it all sad in there and. <laughs> Got to make it all sad in yeah. there. <laughs> so that's what I'm pretty good at. Filling filling people up with your sadness. I do. I mean, you know, I, I'm uh, I'm filling them softly with my song, mm-hmm. which is a song of sa- of sorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I and, and again, and, you know, I don't know exactly when this is going to release. We have, you know, we're kind of having staggered oh, recording sure, sure. releases. 
uh, these days. weird in I, June, right? I just want to mention that the first single from my album, Top Dog, Top Daddy, yeah. uh-huh. is called Filling Them Softly. <laughs> <laughs> but it's about making, uh, like, cream blintzes, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, nasty little blintzes. <laughs> got to get up in them blintzes. Uh-huh. Um, ooh, got to top them with a compote. <laughs> Guys, let's stop stealing jokes from la- latter-day American Pie sequels. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Um, yeah, direct-to-video ones that Eugene Levy was also in. It's called American Pie Lime. <laughs> sure. Uh, I received, um, uh, this, this is, uh, so yesterday was Valentine's Day. John, you did your romantic concert. I did. Uh, in the morning on Valentine's Day, I was just checking my email, received a mass email from the Netflix Corporation. Congratulations. Thank oh, you. exciting. And the, the headline was, watching Netflix tonight? <laughs> Which seemed cruel, which seemed like a taunt. Yeah. Well, yeah, but it's a way of saying, like, it's a way of normalizing aloneness, right? So yeah. It's, so it's actually pretty kind because it makes somebody that's like, I'm watching Netflix tonight, and then they put an exclamation point at it. This is my problem with Trump's America. We're normalizing aloneness. Sure. <laughs> this is not normal. The lonely should be shamed. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck on Valentine's Day that's or right. else. That's right. If you're eating dinner alone in a restaurant, yeah. everybody should come by and shake their head ruefully at you. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, so I th- I'm feeling taunted by the Netflix Corporation. Watching Netflix tonight? And what was their suggestion? Uh, something about, like, zombies or murder or so, something? Uh, the, I, I did open the email, despite yeah. being insulted about it. Sure. I did open the email. You're a curious man. So, and, <laughs> so they suggested uh, Star Wars Rogue One, which, yeah. um, you know. It's a sexy movie. Well, I mean, but also in the name kind of taunts the lonely. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Who's, yeah. Are you a rogue one? Or empowers the lonely. Like, I'm a rogue one. Not no, just a- yeah, that's true. I can steal those Death Star plans. You could go. You could take yourself out to a solo fan and say, yeah, table four, rogue one. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I, yeah, I reserve all my tables under the name Jin Urso. <laughs> Just so people don't know who I am. It's like, you know, it's a celebrity thing. Sure, sure, sure. But did you guys have Valentine's? I know Jesse's got a Valentine. I have a Valentine. Yeah. I call her my Galentine. Oh, your Galentine. Oh, because mm-hmm. you. Uh, no, I had, a, I, had a, I had a solitary business-like Valentine's Day. Oh. Yeah. Mine is you... Wonder Woman, by the way. <laughs> is your Galentine. Is your Galentine. Sure. Yeah. Isn't that, isn't she your Shiro? Yeah, that's true. Okay. She can't be both, Jesse. Uh, yeah, you totally can. Oh, okay. Very highly decorated. It's unusual. It's like an EGOT. Oh, okay. It's yeah. a, so it's a blend, like a printer ink. <laughs> exactly. Okay. When you say a business-like Valentine's Day, what is... Uh, yeah, so I am... Uh, my my lifestyle these days... Okay. Is that of a... Now we're getting into it. <laughs> is that of a... I mean, listen, I'm two things. Right. I'm a freelance writer... And I'm a top dad. Right. right. Leather dad. A top daddy. Uh, but uh, so when you want to get a job on a late night show, you have to uh, you have to do a do a submission for them. Uh, so which is like it, in a vial. Yeah. Right. You have to. <laughs> you know You've got to get it to him within 20 minutes or it is not. I have not had been having a lot of luck getting staffed on late night shows. It's probably just because I'm sending them vials of cum. <laughs> right. Now that you say that. What do the things request? Uh, in actually, yeah, so, vials oh. of urine, right? <laughs> right. 
I mean, if somebody wants a vial of urine and you send them a vial of cum, that's a power move. That is yeah. a top dad move. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> baby, this is all I make. <laughs> Throw this into fifth gear, baby. <laughs> um, there's probably some urine particles in there, um, is what you say to gross everybody out. In your urine letter. particles is my second single. <laughs> uh, so usually you, it's it's like it's a lot of like things that would be on the show. So it's like jokes about topical jokes about the news and you know desk pieces or sketches or whatever that show does that's different from the other ones right uh so i'm working on one of those so i had a, I had a nice night uh working on topical jokes coming up with some do you jokes. guys want to hear some jokes about the winter olympics <laughs> i do want to hear jo- i mean uh, this is a thing about comedy writing that i've never fully understood yeah what the ability to sit down and just like churn out Jokes, yeah, and then just send them off like it ain't no thing, and then the next day just make some more jokes. Yeah. Do you want to hear? Do you want to hear a, a topical joke that I wrote about the winter? Yeah, Olympics? I would love so, to. Sean White, the American mm-hmm. skateboarder, He's a mm-hmm. very admirable American, uh, one well moderately admirable. Oh, does he have? Be- is there like yeah. scuttlebutt on there Sean is. White? Oh. It will derail this joke, which oh. is not about that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> sure. Sorry. Let's get uh, back to that. Sean White, the American skateboarder, won a gold medal. And was seen dragging an American flag on the ground. Uh-oh. I think we should send him to Cuba. That is really good. Thank you. Yeah, that's nice. That's like a James Corden thing. I, I hear it in my ear. I hear it in James Corden's voice. I don't want to. It didn't make me laugh. Yeah. But inside, I'm like. Well, a lot of comedy, a lot of comedy people, it's more of a nod mm, that you get. Mm, you know, mm-hmm, the kind of thing you mm. can't play the back of the room. So that's sort of a broad. Right. So the way I see that joke working is sort of to a broad swath of what I call real Americans. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So a, an elitist <clears throat> comedy snob like Jordan wouldn't right. really get it. Mm. I also, I wrote, I wrote one for Bill Maher. Oh, sure. For real time. It's the same premise. Right. Um, Sean so, White's dragging a flag. I'll say I'll I'll do the whole thing. I'm, you know, Sean White, the American skateboarder, won a gold medal in the Olympics in South Korea, and he was seen dragging an American flag on the ground. Fuck me, no, fuck you. <laughs> right, yeah. buy Bitcoin. Yeah, I assume. Yeah, I don't know a lot about Bill Maher. I'm assuming he's into Bitcoin. He's probably into Bitcoin. Probably into Bitcoin. Yeah, I'm still confused about writing jokes, uh, yeah. even after all of that. Well, but, yeah. <laughs> well, you clearly weren't paying attention because that was a master class. <laughs> right. That was a master class. Thank God it was recorded, John. Okay. Yeah, well, I'll study you can listen back, writing. and you maybe listen to it a little bit on a slower speed. It's a slow burn. I think later at Langer's, I'll like crack up at it. But... I like to slow down comedy podcasts so I can really savor. Really them. get Whoa, in there. <laughs> Oh, I mail them cub. I did have a... I feel like our show would be so upsetting at that speed. It's already a little upsetting. Well, you know, you, you know what they say, upsetting at any speed. Yeah, the, sure. That's, the, the, well, that's the Ralph, Ralph, Nader Ralph Nader's said, career. said about this show, upsetting yeah. at any speed. <laughs> Um, you know, I that's I feel bad about sad sacking so much. Yeah, no one wants to hear that. Right. Um, I mean, perhaps an indie rock audience at a Valentine's Day show wants that's to hear that. All we know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I did have a positive experience. I'd love to share it with you guys. Yeah. What was that? Something that made me feel good. 
so I don't know. I've talked a little bit on, on the show about um, about about uh, swimming seriously again. Jordan, oh, I'll, hey, I'll be your palantine if it helps. Oh. Nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> Seems Fair like enough. another taunt. Right? <laughs> Seems like another Netflix esque taunt. Yeah, you get that email. Want a Palantine? <laughs> yeah, Can I be your Palantine. <laughs> and then Hulu sent me one that yeah. just said, "Have fun jerking it." You're already Netflix already decided that you're Palatines with Palpatine. Emperor <laughs> <laughs> <For> Palpatine. <laughs> Palpatine is my Palantine. Yeah. Um, oh, that would be good if this was anyway. So you've been swimming. I've been swimming, and uh, so. So this this swim organization that I'm part of is uh, they have they have three sessions per day that you can go to. It's a Scientology thing. It's called the Sea Org. <laughs> yes, it's the Sea Org, <laughs> and uh, and you always we leave one lane open for L. Ron Hubbard <laughs> for it. when he returns, mm-hmm. right. and he will, mm-hmm. and he will punish us. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so yeah, I'm making us watch Battlefield, <laughs> <laughs> right? And reading to us from his <laughs> volumes of Pulp Fiction. Um, so, <laughs> uh, I feel like we, in, in recent shows, we've pissed off both Bloodhound Gang fans and mm-hmm. Scientologists. How sure. do you Two piss off Bloodhound Gang fans? Uh, we talked at length about how bad Bloodhound Gang is. <laughs> you know, they were enormous in England. Really? They were huge in the United Kingdom, much, much bigger than here in the United States. Interesting. Uh, because they represented to the UK listener... A kind of authentic American oh. New York sounding like like it Euro se- dance. Yeah, it seemed it seemed to them like you know <laughs> like real Sopranos style. This is authentic. Of- this is what the what it's really like. Yeah. So here in America, you know, it 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 read a little bit corny. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, I'm making diarrhea jokes <laughs> over here. <laughs> sure. But they were big. They were big over overseas. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so there's three sessions to this swim swim thing. Mm-hmm. There's 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 a an afternoon swim which I started going to. Starts at about twelve thirty. Aft swim. Aft swim. A royal mm-hmm. aft swim. There's a there's an evening swim that starts at six. Eve swim. There's also a six AM swim. Ooh, morn swim. So the the folks at the afternoon swim uh, they're the they're like the reg swims. These are the reg swims. These are hunks. This is a hunk based, a hunk based session. Mm. Uh, you know, lean hunks, yeah. beefy hunks, yeah. tattooed hunks, <laughs> shaved hunks. Right. Uh, any any name your hunk. Hunky slicksters. They're here. Neck tattoo hunk. Oh yeah. That's oh John. Oh the neck tattoo hunks at this swim club. You should see them. Dripping wet, just just so moist. The whole thing leaves Jordan dripping wet. Yeah, the whole thing. Um, but I uh, I started challenging myself to go to the morning swim, the six a.m. swim. Why? Why do you do that to yourself? Uh, you know, just because I'm all about pushing myself. You got to get up at five in the morning to make it to six a.m. swim. Yeah, and we're setting the alarm for maybe five twenty. We're trying to get on the road by five thirty. Dude, five twenty. Five twenty, bro. It's like an hour later. <laughs> Are oh you... man, I I spaced on getting high. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Are you breakfasting? Uh, I'm. You know what? Uh, they're not. I don't know if they're sponsoring this episode, but I like to grab an RX bar. Sure. Um, and if they're not sponsoring this episode, a kind bar. <laughs> <laughs> and if they're not sponsoring this episode, a Casper mattress. <laughs> a cas- yeah, I just, I just eat an entire Casper mattress. Uh, this yeah. episode brought to you by Squarespace. 
Ah, fuck. Can't eat a website. Oh. Or can you? <laughs> oh. Well, with their drag and drop interface. <laughs> yeah, drag and drop it right into my mouth. Uh, you know, and, uh, and I am, uh, the swim thing is in Burbank. So after you get done, I don't know if you, I don't know what you guys know about Burbank. Was well, it at the Johnny Carson Memorial Swim Club? <laughs> it is, yes, yeah. The Karnak, the Karnak <laughs> Memorial Pool. <laughs> Karnak died. Also, by the way, so he had a memorial pool. Uh, Burbank's diner game is very strong. Oh, sure. Very strong diner game up in Burbank. So you grab a little snack up to the pool, you treat yourself to a to a nice bacon and eggs afterwards. Sure, and you can get like all kinds of bean pie and other foods that don't exist anywhere else in the world, <laughs> like with a 70-year-old server. I, I, have not, I mean, bean pie is a new one. What's no. this bean pie you're thinking of? If you of? go to diners in Burbank in, and uh, and just kind of do the constellation of them, you find all kinds of weird pie. I don't know if you spend much time looking at pie cases. I guess I don't. Well, I've I I've been do. missing all kinds of bean pies. And you go and you say, like, what do you got in the pie case? And they start going down the pies, and they do the regular pies, right? Sure. Apple, cherry, beer. Yeah, and pies. then they get to mung bean. And then they get down there, and they're like, but, you know, like, here we got the... You uh, seem like a... You yeah. seem like a real pie guy. Yeah, let's uh, take you in the back and show you the real pie case. <laughs> they oh, they open their overcoat. <laughs> <laughs> this hanging pie. And there's all these pies that are like green and made out of fozberries and wow. and uh, winkleberries and stuff. Mm-hmm. And different kinds of beans. What's like, amazing is that the snozberries taste like snozberries. Yeah, they do. Right. It is. So anyway, go in there. I mean, you have to find... Do not lick the wallpaper at the Bob's Big Boy, by the way. <laughs> do not lick the wallpaper at the Bob's Big Boy. Start asking for you the You will get hepatitis. Um, you know, okay. and only go to diners where the, where the servers are o- over the age of 50. That's yeah, the standard sure. Burbank methodology. That's the Burbank way. Yeah. Jordan, you... Get hepatitis, but it's Drew Carey's hepatitis. So <laughs> whoa, it's kind of cool. He loves it there. He has a booth. Yeah, um, but yeah, no. I mean, I guess I should start going to these places. Well, so you get out of swimming, and it's still what seven in the morning. Yeah. Wow. So you know, and and I think the next time I'm in there, I'm gonna I'm gonna grab my waitress by her lapels and say, Hey, yeah, hey Helen, stop yeah. fucking with me. Yeah, well, where's the bean pies? Why are you hiding the pies? Why are you hiding the bean pies? Um, but this this has got to feel. You've got to feel so vital. Yeah, you know, it really is a. So yeah, here's the here's the six a.m. swim bargain that you're making. You feel like a fucking million bucks. Yeah. Till around six p.m. when you want to go to sleep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. So, but you do. It is a. It is a like. It is a more effect. It is a more effective you for that short time. But uh, but yeah, trying to do anything after six p.m. is nigh impossible. You, so. I actually feel almost exactly the same way. Um, with just just from the exercise of having children, I would say the only difference is that I feel terrible all the time. <laughs> okay, yeah, but you're jacked, man. I want to go to sleep at six. Yeah, I mean, my problem is I stay awake till three a.m. Whether I try differently or not, really, I could, I could take, I could take. Straight heroin. <laughs> I could snort heroin at at eight p.m. and I would still be awake till three. You wouldn't cut it with anything, not even just, like chamomile tea. Just one hundred percent pure refined heroin. What about that sleepy still... time bear tea? Yeah, and a little sleepy time bear tea and some melanonin and <laughs> whatever and right? uh, and a nice slice of like nice 
warm but not hot bean pie. A little hot, be- yeah. a little warm bean pie and some and a milk chaser. Mm-hmm. So I go to sleep at three, and then I have to wake up at six to get my kid to school. Oh boy! And so I'm on this like three hours of sleep thing. Like Napoleon. Do you, yeah. Are you napping? So I do nap. Because we're in the danger zone here. <laughs> yeah. I do nap, but but a nap, you know, like I get home and my daughter's like, play with me. And I'm like, I need a, just a little nap. And she rolls her big blue eyes at me <laughs> and is like, my daddy is a loser. Yeah. And goes and plays her own lonely games. Sure. While I lay there on the couch trying to get like a half hour more sleep <laughs> before she comes out and says, nap time's over. And does uh, what she calls con fu, which is to just jump on my head. Yeah. <laughs> so that's my, you know, that's my life right now, and I don't know how to. I don't know how to go to bed at 10 p.m. Where did the Where did the three Did the 3 a.m. Is that a result of a a life of rock and roll touring? Is that where that came from, or have you always been a 3 a.m.er? Uh, I think both. I mean, I'm a native late nighter. Mm-hmm. Also, I'm one of those people that believes that days should be 28 <clears throat> hours. Sure. Mm-hmm. 24 hours is not enough day. Mm-hmm. There should, because if days were 28 hours, guess what? I'd go to bed at 3, I'd get 7 hours of sleep. Right. That makes, I mean, the math of that point. adds up. See? So why the hay, right? The Every, numbers work. Um, but uh, but also the years and years of being on tour. We I mean, can cut taxes and deficits. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure. We just need a twenty-eight hour day. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, mean, I imagine that's nice in your in your loft because you. I mean, I'm, I imagine the two thirty a.m. gaze out over the city is makes you feel very powerful. It does. I sit up there. I feel like uh, Michael Douglas with my power tie on, just looking, just like the world is mine. It's sure. weird to wear pajamas and suspenders, but it works in this context. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I pace around. I kind of like make plans for all. I'm going to land my helicopter on every single building in downtown L.A. <laughs> yeah. That's my plan for the future. Just make, just like Qbert. Yeah, just right. Land in. Boop, boop. You change the color of the roof. Uh, so the crowd, the crowd at the 6 a.m. swim. Yeah. Not old, so many hunks. Old people. It is. It is like it is. It is women with like long gray hair, long gray oh. braids, who maybe have a common law husband, mm-hmm. and who maybe are interested in crystals. Right. They're fit and they sleep under a pyramid. Yes. And yes. Probably both. sometimes have lunch with Beck. Yeah. Yeah. Once in a while, have lunch with Beck, mm-hmm. and so this crowd. I mean, it's a different. It's a different ball game. The first time I did this, um, um, this this woman. Let's. Uh, I'll call. I'll just go ahead and call them all Cheryl. Sure. Um, or Jan. Or Jan. Yeah. yeah. The Cheryl and Jan. Yeah. Uh, uh, when we got to the end of our lane, she just taps me on the shoulder and and gestures up to the sky and says, "Hey, look, the sun's coming up." And we just floated in the water and watched the sunrise. Wow. And uh, the other day. I'm getting out of the pool, and Jan taps me on the shoulder and says, hey, you know, your body is really changing. And it it felt nice. It felt really nice. I don't know what she meant. You are looking quite lupine. (laughs) Sure, yeah. Oh, Oh. I was transforming into a wolf. Yeah. Yeah. For my uh, for my monthly I mean, shame murder, Jan, Jan sounds tuned into the phases of the moon. Yeah, yeah, I think yes, I think I think if you are going to the six a.m. Burbank swim, you are very 
uh, you're very aware of what the moon is doing at all times. Mm-hmm. But she's also she's also indicating that you are becoming accepted as a member of this tribe. They're, yeah. they're noticing you. Sure. They're watching the transformation. They're they're taking some ownership in your in your uh, progress. Yeah, no, and it's and it's nice. It's nice to feel seen. Mm-hmm. Uh maybe even ogled a little bit. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Young guy up sure. at six. Yeah. In the, in the pool? Yeah, maybe I'll see if Jan wants to go to the big boy afterwards. <laughs> probably not. She wants to go to the like the uh, the Sprouts Hut. Yeah, you're right. Jan yeah. probably Jan probably wants to go to the go to the co-op, get something. Yeah. yeah something. Have you tried carob even... melted on Sprouts? <laughs> Have, uh, even the word carob still transports me back to 1976 when mom named Jan and Cheryl would fake you out with carob chips. Cookies. Oh, you guys the, are too young to remember. No, this, no, no, no. I've been. We've. I think we've both been care of faked out yeah, in I our day. We, we were. Uh, we, I think we are like just as we are very old millennials. We are very young people who have been faked out by Carob. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. we were probably the last generation to have been faked out by Carob. I think that's true. The what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. Come over to somebody's house. What and... the fuck, Tim Coda's mom? Yeah. yeah. The mom is wearing like a moo-moo. <laughs> and you're like, hey, this is fun over here. This is different from my house. And then the cookies come out. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, this is the best afternoon play date I've ever had. Before they even called them play dates. Yeah. Right. And then those carob chips. Yeah. At the time, like eight and ten-year-olds would mostly get together to smoke cigarettes and ride motorcycles. (laughs) Sure. Sure, we would go ride motorcycles over the baseball field while the the little uh, team of misfits was trying to get their game together. Sure, and calling each other ethnic slurs. (laughs) Right. That's the world I grew up in. shooting BB guns and telling their dad's secretaries they should wear tighter sweaters. (laughs) Back when America was America. That's right. (laughs) U.S.A. Um, have you tried Evening Swim? I have tried Evening Swim. And Even, who's there? Uh, evening Swim is it's a, maybe a little more of a mix. It's a little. I would say it's more. Uh, it is more like young parents. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so the hunks, the hunks are there. They come to swim unless they have an audition. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think. I think uh, the early swim people are just naturally early risers. Yeah. And yeah, and I think that. Uh, and yeah, I think the the later swim is. You know, people who cannot make either of those. Right, right. I think I'd be at Evening Swim. Evening like Swim a, is nice. Like a Mountain Dew in a floating koozie. Yeah. I, I am not a natural early riser. Mm-hmm. More of a natural Paul riser. Nice. Oh. <laughs> nice. Thank you. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. You've ended the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> He's dragging the American flag on the ground. <laughs> Send him to Cuba. Get out to Cuba. Okay, we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. You know, every Jordan Jesse Go is brought to you by our listeners who go to MaximumFun.org slash donate during the Max Fun Drive. And we thank them. And the Max Fun Drive's right around the corner. We're looking forward to that. Here it comes. However, this week, Jordan Jesse Go is also brought to you by our friends at Zip Recruiter. Are you hiring? Posting your position to job sites and waiting and waiting for the right people to see it? Well, ZipRecruiter has revolutionized hiring. Their technology finds great candidates 
for you. Not some stranger. No, you. You. The person who went to ZipRecruiter.com slash JJGo and signed up. The nice thing about Zipper, which is what I call it. Sure. Is it, it it sifts through like yeah. a flour sifter or mm. a food mill. Yeah. It's also great for making applesauce. It uh, learns what you're looking for, identifies people with the right experiences, and invites them to apply for your job. It just drops them a quick line electronically. Hello? Perfect hey. candidate? Sure. Have I got news for you? Uh, ZipRecruiter.com slash JJGo. If you go there, you can try it for free. Right now, our listeners can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash JJGo. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash JJGo. ZipRecruiter, the zipper, the smartest way to hire. Also, Jordan. Yes, Jesse. We mentioned uh, that the Max Fun Drive is coming up. Sure is. A lot of good stuff but an- uh, in the hopper for that. But another great way to put some money in my pocket is to visit the Put This On mm. shop. It is my vintage uh, gifts and accessories store, um, and there is all kinds of brand new stuff for spring in there right now. And as always, everything ships, almost everything ships free with the code TUPPIES. Uh, TUPPIES, so go to PutThisOnShop.com if you want to get yourself some, you know, beautiful men's jewelry or a cool pin, maybe. Something to put on your desk and make it look classy. These are some of the options. Put this on shop.com. Okay, let's get back to the show. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. And John Roderick, guest. John Roderick, I have to tell you this. Many years ago, you lost a front tooth. I and did. that was when I met you. Oh, when you met me, I didn't have a front tooth. You were just a strange man who was friends with John Hodgman and had only one front <laughs> tooth. And did I have really long hair at the time? No, you didn't have really long hair. No, you were just you, you were in the same kind of moderately long, handsome locks that you have today. For a while there, I had hair down to the small of my back and was missing a front tooth. And that, let me tell you. That's a look. It's a look that communicates that you are a man in his 40s who is thriving. <laughs> <laughs> what does what was no okay. matter what phase the moon is in? Yeah, you have. Uh, it's always a blood moon, baby. So um, the thought that I had at the time, yes, was I've never seen someone look so handsome. I've never seen someone who somehow is so well suited to having one front tooth. Like usually, you meet a, a person without a front tooth. Your main your main feeling that's going to well up inside you is basically concern. And right. stop bothering me at the public library. <laughs> exactly. Um, how can I, I? I have two questions. One: What was the decision like, or was it a considered decision to get rid of the long hair? Oh, uh, you know, it and was. Also, you second question, and the same same question, but for the tooth. Yes. Uh, the you know I I grow out my hair and cut I cut my hair myself sure so hair is just another thing I mean I I think it would be it would have been better for me over the years to just have a haircut that is mine sure mm-hmm. uh, which is what most men do right they pick a haircut and then they're like this is my haircut and they just roll with that for their life no it's called personal branding personal branding mm-hmm. I have never done that I grow it out long I, usually right before a photo shoot I cut my hair. 
at three o'clock in the morning and I do a butcher job. Uh-huh. And then, so all of the photo shoots, if you go look at me, uh, like any professional photo shoot, I just look awful. I look like I just put a bowl around my You look head. like you <laughs> just cut your own hair. Yeah. And I always thought that, that on was, three hours of sleep. On three hours of sleep, I always thought that that was my brand, and that people would look at the pictures and be like, "Yeah, this guy just cut his own hair." But of course, that's not communicated. What's communicated is this person doesn't have money to spend on haircuts, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but I grew my hair long uh, uh, several times in my life, and this time, most recently in my forties, I just I was so impressed with it, like. It developed this natural curl. It had all this interesting highlights that hadn't been there before. It was lush. Really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, but then I got asked to moderate a <clears throat> mayoral debate <laughs> for the Seattle uh, mayoral <laughs> campaign. Wow. Oh, okay. Uh, because, you know, in Seattle, I'm active in political life. Sure. Right. And, and you were representing the League of Indie Rock voters. That's right. Exactly. You know, I'm, I'm there to communicate with the people on the street. Mm-hmm. That is to Seattle as, say, the NRA is to Alabama. That's, that's exactly right. <laughs> they were like, who are we going to get to moderate this debate? Yeah. yeah. Let's get Can, this ding-a-ling. Sure. Can we get big mandolin out of politics? <laughs> <laughs> and so just spontaneously in the middle of the night, I was like, well, you know, mayoral debate. Like, you come either with a missing tooth or long hair, but not both. <laughs> right. And yeah, so, you got to pick one. So I cut my hair. Like, again, in the middle of the night, I just made a spontaneous decision to cut, like, two and a half years of hair. Yeah. Uh, and Did you ever braid it? Was it ever in Yeah, bra- of course. You sure. braid it. You put it in, like, bra- braidy braids. Like a Punky Brewster, yeah. a Willie Nelson. And this was uh, pre- um, Braided hair share. Mm-hmm. Or side braids, like uh, if you're fighting in an elven war. Yeah. <laughs> sure, yeah. But this was, this was hey, pre-man. Hey, preaching to the choir on that one. <laughs> I know, yeah. I know, buddy. Uh, dwarves, uh, dwarves, dwarves, <laughs> dwarves. All right, <laughs> all right. Okay, let's not get into this. We've already angered the Bloodhound Gang fans. Got it. <laughs> Thorin, son of Thorigan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, I did not. I never had a man bun because those didn't exist at this point. Oh, uh, interesting! And it would never have occurred to me to put a top knot on my head because I am not a samurai. Sure, right? Uh, top but, knot for top daddy. I don't know. I, I don't know. I could have made that a thing. Sure. Uh, but <clears throat> so normally a person would have all their teeth. Okay. Uh, I think this is just generally right. Um, when I was young. Uh, uh, before I got sober, when I was not sober, I lived a much more rough and tumble life. Right. Um, not, I was not then a respected indie rocker or journalist mm-hmm. or city council, or, city council po- candidate. Political wonk. No, I didn't do any of those things. I was a, just a drunk young person mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, and pursuing a, a very different course. And during that time... I sustained a, a lot of injuries, <laughs> bodily injuries, okay. broken hands and broken uh, other things. Sure. If, if I shave my head, boy, it looks like a like a switchyard in a like a in a railroad town. <laughs> you know, it's just like train tracks <laughs> yeah. of 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 stitches or a switchyard in a mostly marine town that it still has a railway station. Sure, an active, a sizable railway sure. station. Right. Sure. If you if you're if you're bringing in shipping containers, you <laughs> yeah. do need to move those by rail. Right. Yeah. Or a switchyard in a very elaborate train set right. in an old man's basement. Sure. Right. Yeah. Or a switchyard that's in a modern art museum that has a switchyard in it as one of its exhibits. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. 
That's great. Or in a map of a switchyard. Right. From an old west, you know, sort of uh, like a switchyard that doesn't exist anymore. Exactly. Or, or. Uh-huh. In a yard. Uh-huh. Fill a backyard filled with. Uh, filled with Nintendo's new console. Right. Is it called Switch? It's called the Switch. Oh, that's yeah. great. That's really cool. I was yeah. going to say with um, BDSM enthusiasts who could be either tops or bottoms, but again, there's the confusion, the confusion around our podcast. I'm thinking actually about moving back to Santa Cruz, yeah. where we went to college, mm-hmm. um, basically to focus on video games, because I got that new Zelda game, and I, I got to sure. beat it, so yeah. I'm actually going to move into a Switch shirt. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just see how many see how many shrines you can conquer. <laughs> exactly. You gotta find all the shrines. Yeah. But um, yeah, so during that period I, cord. Do you think this do you think the switchyard puns will be a beloved segment on the show? <laughs> I think we've just started. Have we found our what is a goblin? Yeah, maybe we did. I Could think be. that there are an unlimited number of switchyard puns. I mean, we just barely scratched the surface. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's a rich vein of ore yeah. if we just keep mining. You guys mine that as long as you can. Sure. Thank you. We'll send you a residual check for Thank you. each time we do it. Thank yeah. you. You have a Thank portion you. of the mineral rights. Yeah, well, you know, this is <laughs> this is how I make my living, one uh, like 80 cent check at a time. Exactly. Uh, so the, the like missing two... Like the, the one you get for the time you were on Becker. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so that's the right. missing tooth is a reminder from a previous part of your life. Well, so it 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 it, it uh reoccurs because uh initially I got like my whole all of my front teeth just like really hurt, damaged. Sure. Yeah. Uh and then they were, you know, put back together by a team of of government dentists. <laughs> right. <laughs> sure. Suddenly I could chew like through metal. Yeah, wow. Yeah, it was it was a, a secret program. Oh, this was a crack team, not a standard no, team. No, no, it was a crack team of, it. of secret dentists who right. uh, who who rebuilt me. They made me better than I was. A crack team better. of crack dentists. They were crack dentists. <laughs> yeah. They focused mostly on patients who'd lost their teeth because of illegal drug use. Yeah, and my teeth also, I mean, one of them was lucite and had a little fish swimming in it. Yep, uh, sure. One of them had cyanide <laughs> in it. Just in case. Just in right? case. Just in case uh, your moon mission goes awry. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And you one have of them led was, a colorful life, yeah. John. One of them Several was a radio of them were transmitter. shaved to a point yeah. as though you were a, a Mayan ruler. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, but they are you know, and one was just a candy cord, <laughs> <laughs> and and sometimes now with this missing tooth, I'll just I'll, I'll be chewing gum and I'll just shape the gum into a tooth shape and just kind of <laughs> hold it in there fun, with my tongue yeah. and it's like yeah, it's me, zippy. old pink tooth. Hello. Uh, but then one of the teeth, the main front tooth, mm-hmm. um, then later I crashed into a microphone as part of my rock job. Ah, yes, right, sure. and then it broke. Newly broke, and then that one. Now sometimes I have it, and sometimes I don't, depending on how uh, how much I remember not to eat nuts with it. Okay, <laughs> I've been communicating with a with a new crack dentist, uh-huh. and we are working on a project Ooh. where I will, in the future, be much less likely to sometimes show up to places missing a tooth. Okay. Yeah. And you, if you listen to the podcasts I do right now, including this one, mm-hmm. uh, you'll hear just a very subtle, lispy kind of uh, whistle Yeah, uh, that is a product of this. Oh, right. I just thought you were super into Gopher from Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> well, it's part of being top dad. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I, I have to get a tooth implant. I had a baby tooth oh, in my mouth 
for that, you know of all the people I know that could have told me that you are the least surprised. <laughs> Someone who still has a baby tooth. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I had my own baby tooth that lasted thirty six years. Wow. And uh, but then I got braces about a year ago, and they were like, "We need to take out this baby tooth now because there's no, like they were like, either you can put a crown on it." Every two years for the rest of your life, or take it out now and put in an implant when you're done with the braces. I was like, okay. Now, did it ever? Was it ever brought up to you? And I don't know who who your dentists are, or how good they are, or if they're crack dentists right. or government dentists. They're or, mostly crank dentists. Crank dentists. Well, this might explain it. Right. Was it ever brought up to you that you might be a man shark because no. you have rows of teeth behind your? Normal teeth. I I remember vaguely someone mentioning that I might be a half shark, half alligator man. Okay, <laughs> like Mister Gerbic. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> it's a thing from a Cool Keith record. Oh, uh, but uh, no, I I did not know that I might be a shark man. Um, a kind of I a have a, kind of a street shark. I have a dorsal fin. Does that make a difference? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's points four. I would say okay. A prehensile I, fin. I yeah, had been to- <laughs> right. I had been you told to open nuts. I had been told that I might be a porpoise man, mm. uh, but that was because I like to uh, grab lovers with my penis and drag them underwater. Well, and sometimes <laughs> you do communicate by going. Eh, 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 eh. That's also <laughs> true. Sure. And I can do basic math problems. <laughs> well, I guess the jury's still out then. <laughs> yeah. Shark man or porpoise man? Let us know on our website <laughs> on porpoise.org. <laughs> sure. Hit us up. <laughs> okay, when something momentous happens to you, like you find out you're a real porpoise man, uh, give us a call at 206-984-4FUN, like this person has. Hey, boys. This is Robin from Chicago calling in with a momentous occasion, a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Um, I just got back from a trip to Ireland, and as soon as I boarded the plane, um, a couple with two toddlers got moved from my row to like 15 rows in front of me and no one ever came to sit in those seats. So I spent the entire eight hour flight just lying completely flat across four seats, sleeping like a baby. Wow. That's the best. Yeah, that rules. That's fucking amazing. What a miracle. That has happened to me before many times. Uh, Back in the day when airlines would undersell their international flights Mm -hmm. but one time i was flying back from frankfurt and there was an empty row in the middle and i could see it and the plane was taking off and i was thinking as soon as this plane reaches cruising altitude Mm -hmm. i am gonna just jump to that row but also i mean you probably have to know at that point there's other people who are thinking the same thing this is a real mexican standoff and I've never seen this before in any flight, but they immediately began a drink service mm. from the back. Oh, boy. And immediately blocked that row with their cart. Fuck. Wow. And so I'm there in my seat, and I can't leap the cart. And they move the cart forward, and right as they're at my row, mm. the guy from the row right behind me leaps oh, and has the rest of the flight him. on fuck his five-seat bed. Yeah. I was just thinking about, speaking of flying to Ireland, mm-hmm. the last time I was in Ireland, 
I was in Belfast, which is where my stepmother's from, and we were my wife and I were hanging out with my uncle John. Mm-hmm. Is she orange or is she Irish? She's Irish, and uh, so and she grew up uh, off the Falls Church Road, which is where the core heart of the troubles are. So m- my uncle, who's a very mild mannered computer programmer guy, I think he's like an office IT guy. Uh, he's taken us on this tour of horrible tragedies. Just all the only sure. content is there's where your your stepmother uh, was attacked by a policeman. There's where your there's where we we all starved on the street for four weeks when uh, Mother McCree uh, couldn't find a job and she lost her dole check or you know like there's where the orange men beat up a teenager and blah 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 right like like this horrible nightmare and Teresa has never experienced this. She's like stunned. By the whole thing, because right. she doesn't, she didn't live in a house with my stepmother, for whom these are examples of jokes. Uh-huh. And uh, you know, and, and in the end of it, uh, my uncle John just goes, "Suppose you'll be wanting to see a castle." Then <laughs> <laughs> we're like, "Yeah, we'd love to see a castle." Yes, thank you. <laughs> you know, the thing about <clears throat> touring a castle is that. A lot of atrocities happen there as well. Yeah, that's true. Every like it actually turned out, Jordan, that this was a castle where he's like, uh, "Okay, guys, here's the story. Uh, I can I can go into the parking lot of the castle, but I can't leave the castle." And we're like, "Why?" He's like, uh, "It's not safe for me here." <laughs> We're wow. like, Jesus Christ, you're a 60-year-old man <laughs> who swaps hard drives for a living. And he's identifiable on the street as I the guess. wrong faction. I guess. Yeah. Well, I'm he's glad. Like, that well, I have to be going somewhere else for lunch. I just after. can't let the government know that I'm a shark man. <laughs> I've tied down me dorsal. <laughs> I have to hide my rows of teeth. <laughs> Good accents today. Everybody. Yeah, you guys Good are good. I'm not even going to try and wade in there. Fun. Yeah, that's a. And that's then the real next nice. Belfast Shark Man. The next thing he said to us, which was really wild, he was giving us a little tour, and he just said, "Uh huh, yeah, I'm from Brooklyn." Yeah, <laughs> right. Because he was going to replace Liam Neeson in a movie. Yeah. Anyway, that was fun. Let's take another call. <clears throat> Hello, folks. Um, I'm calling with what I believe is a momentous moment of shame. Mm. I was sitting on my couch and decided to enjoy some pornography on my television. And Television? Were um, you a caveman? In, I realized I had to pee, but I didn't want to go all the way upstairs and Wake ruin the moment, <laughs> the mood, and have to start all over. So I looked to my right and there was a cup of tea, an empty cup of tea that I had just finished. And wow. so I... Does he live on a tour bus? Eat in the cup. <laughs> oh, several minutes later, after I was finished enjoying the pornography, I was sated, but thirsty. And I looked to my right, and there was a lovely cup of tea. Some short-term and memory And so, <laughs> yes, I... I uh, I drank my own urine yeah. accidentally. You need to adjust your medication. <laughs> what? Um, the right side is that my pee doesn't really taste that bad. All right, that's it. Bye. What an amazing 
I feel yeah. so privileged sure. to have been included in this communication. This guy seems like a real rogue one. <laughs> <laughs> a real gin or so. Well, I'm just wow. I'm picturing him going and pulling the on-off knob on his TV and waiting for it to <laughs> flicker on. Right. Adjusting the rabbit ears. Putting his little Betamax cassette in. Right. Yeah. I'm just imagining. Pornography on TV? Linda Lovelace. <laughs> right. I mean, Jordan, in the same way that I can't imagine not being tired at 6 p.m. Sure. I can't imagine a life so free and luxurious that pornography is on television. Yeah. Mm. What an amazing fucking life that must be. Mm. And to Whether be like, or not you're drinking urine. To be there like, oh, man, I have to go to the bathroom, but it's all the way upstairs. Yeah. And if I just pee in this, like, cup, nobody's going to know or care, like, can you imagine just it's, yeah. having that kind of it's liberty? Probably it's just decadent as things were like right before the fall of Rome. Yeah. We're, we're jacking off to our TVs. We're drinking pee out of teacups. Although it does seem like a scene right out of idiocracy. Sure. Yeah, that's yes. true. I, you know, I grew up in – my father lived in a split-level house. Um, but the bottom had two rooms in it, but they were kind of basement rooms. And one of them was where – uh, it was my bedroom. Right. And it was great for, a, you know, for a local teen, you know. It's sure. A, it's a great, yeah. you can go down there, you can totally mac out. Yeah. Yeah. A lot um, of privacy. You can. Teens love privacy. Watch reruns of Married with Children on your black and white television. Nice. <laughs> uh, basically everything that you want. Good stuff. From yeah. a child. You can uh, step on slugs that come in from the garden. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a little distressing more than anything sure. else. But, um. And I definitely remember vividly the feeling of I have to pee. It was a one-bedroom home. I have to pee, but I don't want to go upstairs. Uh, I know what that burden is, and yeah. I know what it's like to, instead of going upstairs to pee, uh, wander into the garage and pee into the garage drain. Oh, Nice. But the Sensei. drain doesn't drain that well, and then the garage kind of smells like pee, and your dad is like, it's okay to tell me. Have you been peeing in the garage drain? <laughs> it's, listen, what? I'm not mad. Wait, I just, I'm put, not put mad. Yeah, he fucking wow. put that shit together. And uh, I just said no. You know, what no. are you going to say? Yes? Yeah, right. He's <laughs> going to seem like some sort of drain pervert? Well, you're going to get one of those teenage lectures on, on hygiene. Yeah. Mm, like, sure. no, son, you have to use soap. And yeah. I can't pee in the garage. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta yeah, you gotta hear it and then you get a get a ball washing lesson from dad. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants that. No. Yeah. Nobody wants a ball lot washing lesson from dad. I yeah. used to live in a very cool rock and roll loft in, mm. in downtown Seattle mm-hmm. that was unfinished and full of just rock and roll layabouts and <laughs> We'd find pianos on the street, you know, that yeah. kind of life. Sure. But we didn't have a bathroom. Uh, there was a bathroom down the hall that was shared by a bunch of artists and other degenerates. And I and it was a big loft, so I had to walk all the way across the loft and then all the way down the hall. So we didn't like going to the bathroom either. Uh, and But, you know, I'm a big man, so I can't pee in a teacup or whatever this guy's talking about. <laughs> sure. Right. Uh, so, you, need a, you need at least a pint glass. Well, so you've we got, were, and you got to you got to tip it. Impressive stream. Yeah. <laughs> and you got to tip the pint glass so there's a nice head on the urine. <laughs> sure. So we would keep those 
you know, those big... Uh, a lot of fluids on this week's program. Yeah. Fluids and leather, It's a real right? ju- yeah, juicy yeah. show. A real, yeah. It's a real gusher. Hey, who wants to hear the P-tape, huh? <laughs> sure. <laughs> I listen to this played back half speed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And noise. <laughs> uh, but we would pee in uh, gallon milk jugs. Oh, okay. And when I say we, I mean primarily me. The sure. other, the other uh, rock and roll loft dwellers were a little bit more genteel. Mm-hmm. But then we, or then I, realized that rather than go down to the bathroom and empty these, uh, the, just huck them out the window the and loft, passing cars. The loft was right across an alley from the police station. Oh boy! And so I just started going into the at the end of the hall and just hucking them as hard as I could <laughs> against the wall of the police station. Wow! Uh, which was my little gesture of rebellion. At yeah, the time. and they would explode with big sure. like urine bomb. Did you ever? Did you ever get? Caught or in trouble? No, uh, because it was an alley. It really had no effect on the police at all. All it did was make that alley uninhabitable for people that wanted to go down there and collect cans. Sure. So in the end, it was like most resistance. <laughs> right. It just more symbolic. Yeah, it was more and, of a yeah. And it just sim- screwed it up for the poor. Like almost every sure. everything that in in the end, you know, doesn't work. The police just close their windows. On the plus side, you got rid of that pee. The pee is gone. Yep. I did, I think, appall one potential girlfriend. <laughs> just who, just the one, huh? Who, found <laughs> who was in there collecting cans. <laughs> well, you know, they, she looked under my bed and she was like, is that two gallons of pee? And I was like, well, I haven't gotten around to going down the hall. And she was like, boy, I don't know if I can make this work. <laughs> <laughs> that's very fair. Yeah. I mean, that is, that's just, that's just being American. The one yeah. that got away. Yeah. She said, you know, I went to a good school. I don't have to deal with this. <laughs> I didn't get. I didn't go to Evergreen. Yeah. Sure, right. <laughs> not another one of these Evergreen checks. I, didn't sign I up went for to this. Reed. Thank yeah. you very much. Exactly. <laughs> okay, let's play one more call. Hey guys, this is Alex in Northern California. I'm calling with a momentous occasion that I promised myself for the last two years I would do. I am calling because I finally got my titties cut off. What? I transgender and I have bilateral mastectomy. I'm super high on pain medication. But I remembered that I wanted to call Jordan, Jesse, and guest and tell them this, particularly while I was high. Gets it. Congratulations. Alex gets it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and I think, you know, call the show while you're high on pain meds, but also Listen to the show. The show will yes. be better. This will definitely be better. Yeah. Slow it down. Especially the slow stuff. Yeah. Congratulations, Alex. <laughs> Enjoy your meds. <laughs> That's wonderful that your fans call in with real life-changing uh, yeah. moments. Yeah. Sure. I mean, we've had – I mean, I think these have all been – Equally momentous. I mean, it's hard to say which of these is the most important. I don't know. I'm going to say that this call is more (laughs) momentous. It's a matter of comparing apples to melons. Sure. (laughs) Right. The teacups filled with urine. (laughs) Yeah. I think, you know what we should do? We should make a sort of bingo card. All the parts added and removed Mm -hmm. during gender confirmation surgeries of various types. Um. Oh, I think I think we're almost there. Uh, I think we've almost got a falling set. in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder. Well, I'm sure a fan will produce that bingo card within an hour of the show airing. Mm, but, true. but don't. 
Yeah, but also, <laughs> but don't. <coughs> Please don't. Yes, now that I think of what it would look like in real life, it doesn't seem appropriate. I mean, I know. I mean, I know it's not. It is not related to one's true gender. But I mean, we had a tooth removal story. Yep. So that's right. You yeah. know, that kind of adds to our, uh, our, you know. Our body part situation that we have going on. Well, we had two teeth removal stories, and in Jesse's case, it wasn't a gender reassignment, but it was his final transition into adulthood. That's true. Right? And to an adult shark. He went from being (laughs) a baby or a shark baby to being a fully grown shark. I should explain I still have a tiny withered twin at the back of my waist. Oh. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if that's like a kid thing or a grown-up thing. It's sort of like Star Wars. Is it a kid thing or a grown-up thing? Sure. Hmm. Good, that's a good question. Well, I mean, you know I, think, I, mean? I think... Can it be both? I think you can view the twin differently. Right. When you're a kid, it, you know, right. it's just kind of a fun twin. I don't have to go around saying the kid is really great like people do with Cool Running. <laughs> <laughs> the movie Cool Runnings? <laughs> yeah. It's really great. <laughs> uh, I remember my mom bawled at the end of Cool Runnings to the point where I was like embarrassed to be at the mall with her. She was crying so hard at the end of Cool Runnings. Uh, there was a hot take from uh, a popular hot take website, mm. and it said uh, Cool Runnings is not not good and it's not a cult classic. Okay. Uh, which, to my mind, was maybe the... Least controversial thing you could ever say in a million billion sure. years. Not really a hot take. Huh? Yeah, yeah. No, I was like, yes, the, it is. It is a an acceptable family film from twenty years ago. Sure, like, is John it's Candy? Not John Candy. Yeah, it's one of the yeah. last John Candy movies. John yeah, Candy. you know, it's not total garbage, but it's you know, it's it's probably one of the better Dougie Doug movies. <laughs> sure, <laughs> but like, uh, but Top yes, three anyway. And it's I don't think I don't think the term. Cult classic could be applied to Cool Runnings. Yeah, it's no. Perhaps it doesn't share most... any qualities with Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> it may literally be the most middle of the road entertainment ever produced. Yeah, I don't think that generates cults. But I thought, what a garbage fucking premise! What a garbage take! Someone had retweeted a, a, a you know a link bait to it. I was like, this what a pile of garbage! And I clicked on the original article from this outlet. And this is a reputable mm-hmm. hot take outlet known for producing some great gab fests. Uh-huh. Sure. And uh, I was like, I, I, I clicked on it and I looked at the replies. Just a hundred people who, it was as though we had, it was as though the the take there was like, Donald Trump should be deported. Sure. Like the level of intensity and vitriol in the rage of people saying that actually Cool Runnings was a truly great film wow. <laughs> that was definitely a cult classic was incredible to me. Yeah. Um, I had not heard that. But when you at, w- while listening to that, I mean, my only memory of the film is seeing it as a child, kind of enjoying it, but then being embarrassed that my mom was crying so hard at the mall. <laughs> these are these are my feelings about cool running. Yeah. Um but yeah, I mean I guess I it it it's I'm like, oh, maybe it is in that camp of movies that are really cherished by camp. people 
uh, I was going to say by people like a little younger than me, maybe it is yeah. a goofy movie or a hocus pocus Spam. or a space, space jam, jam of that like, huh, people feel strongly about that. Yeah, people feel strongly about these two to two and a half star movies. <laughs> well, cool Runnings came out when I was in college and at the height of my pot smoking. Okay. Um, and so we went to see Cool pot Runnings. Pot the drug? We were doing pot. Wow. A lot. We were doing a lot of pot and other drugs that accompany pot mm. because, as you know, it's a gateway drug. And by that point, I had been through the gate right. and I was over into drug land. I was oh, over boy. into the, the United States of Drugachusetts. Sure. Right. You had been, you'd, you'd gotten high off the pot and you were just thinking to yourself, what else is out what there, other man? What drugs can I get hooked on? Yeah. And so we went to see How the- How can Ooh. I expand my mind? Let me try kefir. Yeah. Sure. Let me blow some minds right now by going <laughs> to this Jamaican bobsled movie. And uh, I These think- These dudes are from Jamaica. They know what's up. Yeah, I feel- And that was back when High Times had that back page that had all the like jams, 100 jams or whatever on the back of High Times magazine. <laughs> You guys, no just, jellies, only jam. You're just looking at me with total incomprehension. Yeah, preserves. Yeah. This was whole you know, fruit preserves. It was kind of like your uh, call-in thing here. People would send in things to be on this list of 100 things that were really iry or cool oh, on the, in the back of High Times. Sure. And you would have all these things like there'd be shout-outs to people and like you know big big ups to like Harry Bear for helping yeah. us like get our bus back on the road and. <laughs> You know, like all this kind of. I mean, stuff. if you got to listen, if your if your bus ain't road ready, you're yeah. gonna want to call Harry Bear. Yeah, you're gonna uh, you're gonna want a miracle. I prefer a shaved bear. <laughs> shaved bear, <laughs> yeah, well, slick shaved bear. Sure, but so I mean, I haven't seen or cool since then. But we a had a thick great dick time. Gigolo. That's nice, huh? Sure, thick For dick Jiggalo. Dick Jiggalo. Oh boy, <laughs> just something we say to warm up on the show <laughs> to see. warm up our voices. What to thick, do to die thick, today? Thick Jiggalo. Thick Jiggalo. You're a musician. You could probably use this so to help also you. Also, gargle uh-huh. with salt water. Dick Jigolo. Dick Jigolo. Last night at the show, a lot of the musicians were sharing their tongue-twisting, uh, get-ready-for-the-show type of tongue-twisters. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I wasn't listening to them because they're a little bit younger than me, and I don't have anything to learn from young people. <laughs> yeah. Who needs them? They're just going to try and tell you about how a goofy movie is great. Yeah, they're going to give me their hot takes on Cool Runnings, and I don't need it. I don't need those. When we recorded, I'm not going to watch Hocus Pocus. When we recorded uh, Judge John Hodgman at the San Francisco Sketch Fest, we were backstage at the Castro Theater in San Francisco. It's a big theater. You a guys beautiful, a job there. Beautiful, historic theater, and uh, we had a special music guest on the show, Meryl Garbus. And tune yards. Yes. And a, about 40 minutes before the show, I was sitting there having some hummus, as one does. That's cool. I was backstage. I'm not, oh, yeah, you're not backstage. bragging. It's yeah. my life, baby. Were yeah. you dipping my life. some veggies in there, or were you just doing pita? Like or just handfuls. Just, my hand. <laughs> just <laughs> scooping. Just licking it. Just yeah. my dirty fingernails yeah. getting mm-hmm. up in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and just like a fucking, like a, like a true theatrical haunting. I just started hearing the legitimately most terrifying sounds I've ever, like ululations mm-hmm. and just torture sounds and just insane noises coming from a completely unplaceable place in this theater. And uh, I finally figured out, oh, right. I'm here with the world's greatest weird noise maker. <laughs> she's a phenomenal <laughs> she's doing vocalist. a warm-up. Yeah, she is absolutely. spectacular. Yeah. She's the greatest. Yeah. 
uh, and a, a super cool lady. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if you're looking for somebody right. to make what some she... crazy sounds and Bobby McFerrin's not around. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. What she does person. to warm up is probably very different from what Craig Finn of the Hold Steady does to warm up. <laughs> right. We right. should just like, have a nice conversation. Like smoke four cigarettes. And, <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Have a micro brew, something hoppy. Mm-hmm. What I do to warm up right before show is wake up. Okay. Yes. Yeah, and then you've been just, napping, and then somebody rolls me onto the stage. <laughs> they rolled you. <laughs> yeah. I like the. I love the image of you being rolled. I, on stage. I like the idea that maybe instead of like screaming Jay Hawkins arriving on stage in his uh, casket, mm-hmm. uh, they roll you on stage in the bed from your house. Yeah, or the couch with the little rollers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you didn't need your daughter to come in and jump on your head. <laughs> so you would, get like, up. Yeah, you have to play a show. Every, everyone's going kung fu, kung fu, kung fu. <laughs> Wake up. This Bell House audience needs to be entertained. <laughs> if you have something uh, that you'd like to share with us, something momentous that's happened to you, 206-984-4FUN is the number to call. 206-984-4FUN. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. Hi, I'm Allie Gertz. And I'm Julia Prescott, and we're the hosts of Everything's Coming Coming Up Simpsons. Simpsons. We are a Simpsons podcast brand new to the Maximum Fun Network, and every episode we cover a different episode of The Simpsons um, that is a favorite of our special guests. We've had guests that are showrunners and writers and voice actors like Nancy Cartwright, all people that have worked on The Simpsons, and we've also had guests like Weird Al and people that are on the Max Fun Network already, and each week we will talk to a very cool guest about their favorite episode, and it is so much fun. So if you like The Simpsons, come listen to Everything's Coming up Simpsons. All right, smell you later. Uh, either way, we're now on the Max Fun Network, and uh, I would like it if you checked it out. Uh, it's a lot less professional than what you're hearing right now. Um, <laughs> sp- speaking of not as professional, I just a minute. I no, I just I just hit record just <laughs> twenty seconds ago. Oh. So we got the end of that. So just give us what the head again. Say? All right, hey, my name's Jonah well, Ray. Musical. No, it doesn't matter, Neil. My name's Jonah Ray. Uh, this is uh, I have a podcast uh, called Jonah Radio with my friends Cash. Oh, you gave your credits Neil. at the top. Um, no, it wasn't recorded. That's exactly no, 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 what he just we gotta, said. No, but know, we that's what so now, now you got to do your credits. Where do people know you from? Forget it. Listen to Jonah Radio on MaxFun.org. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. And I'm Morley Safer. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Fuck. Man. Nickname game changed. <laughs> this is next level. Yeah. Just saying you're God. another guy. Uh, no, I am John Roderick, uh, America's other radio sweetheart. John Roderick, you're the host of Friendly Fire here on the Maximum Fun Podcast Network. Friendly Fire. I don't know if it is still the newest podcast. Uh, Product. I don't think it's the brand new. It's just close. It's very new on your uh, on your radio network. I've been a friend of uh, Maximum Fun for many many years, but I've never had a product. 
I've guessed it as bailiff on the Hodgman show. Right. When you're, you know, jet setting around. Right. Um, but uh, now I have a show, Friendly Fire, with Adam and Ben from Greatest Generation. Yeah, and you actually knew Adam before, I think, before, maybe even before you knew me. I introduced Adam and Ben. There you go. Um, early, Adam was making a documentary film about the long winters for a long time, and Ben I met in New York when he was working for Engadget, and he kept trying to pitch TV shows to me. Yeah, we had a show in mind where I was going to drive across America in a in a, like a primer painted Corvette T top, <laughs> <laughs> and he and a team were going to be in a like a Winnebago chasing me as we went to all the most depressed former industrial towns of America. <laughs> wow! And I would walk around interviewing people, trying to figure out like what's next in Poughkeepsie, New York. Like, what are you guys going to do? What's the story here? You can't just let your town be like a like garbage pile. And that was actually the original genesis of the Bernie Sanders campaign. That's right. We were out there trying to galvanize people to to get free education, mm-hmm. and uh, and it you know well we got real close. Yeah. Anyway, so I put those two together so that they and would... is that pitch still available? If if any network people are listening, listen, uh, I'm I'm willing to do it. Like I've got a, Cor- a Corvette T top painted primer like. I know where I can get it for cheap. Oh, boy. Actually, if network people are listening right now, which I think it seems like a safe bet, yep. I actually have a question for network people. Can we have a television show? <laughs> sure, yeah. That's it. Just that. <laughs> you guys are both very photogenic. It doesn't matter. We'll do whatever. Yeah. You know, we got Baby Tooth over here, and we got the, uh, you know, the, like, increasingly fit, uh, uh, like... <laughs> sure, my body is really changing. I mean, if you've, like... If there's been a time, you know, where you've, if, I mean, I'm talking to the network folks out there, yeah. the suits, yeah, because uh, I know people love to listen to this while they dine at Spago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you see somebody at Spago with an earbud in, mm-hmm. they're listening to this. Eating show. some right. steak tartare. Yeah. Um, if you guys are at, I mean, if you, or they're the bodyguard of the president of India. <laughs> what? Is, yeah, but to be fair, they are usually also listening to this show. That's true. That's true. Uh, not protecting the president of India, which yeah. I think is a mistake. Yeah, he's a great man. No, or woman. Yeah, I don't know. Unless mm. you ask the president of Pakistan. <laughs> sure. No, and I won't. Have some yeah, I won't. Yeah. Uh, if you're listening and you're a network suit, and you know you, which one do you think Wolfgang Puck Gladhands with first? <laughs> Hard to say. Yeah, uh, I bet he sends over a tort to both tables. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, if you're listening, and at some point you're like, "Oh, these guys, these guys have a real, you know, some kind of talent." Yeah, uh, and then they're like, "Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna Google them, check them out." And they're like, oh, the one guy's one guy's nice and tall. Yeah, the other guy, a little doughy. Well, get your new your new headshots up there. Yeah, I my body is changing. Yeah, according. Yeah. get your six a.m. swim trunk to shots. a woman who might live in a van. Yeah. You're looking more and more like a my jaguar. My body to me, baby. is really changing. Yes. A yeah. sinewy jaguar. Five. Leaping on its brain. Mm. Alexa, <laughs> play Huey Lewis in the news. Sports. <laughs> well, I like how you guys stole my pitch. Not uh, you didn't actually steal my pitch. You just you, we had the attention of network executives. Oh, and like, we hijacked. Give me this Corvette show, our... and then you're like, oh no. And let's... yours is kind of more flushed out than I mean, ours. You know, it's like driving. I I I got as far as Poughkeepsie, like. Um, 
But anyway, back to my new Max Fun podcast. Yes, of course. Which I, you know, thing... I want to promote and not get derailed in promoting. We're sorry. No, no, it's all right. I, I want to make this show a success because it's going to be the thing that keeps the lights on here at Max Fun HQ. Right. Uh, but um, uh, we're you know we're it's a it's a podcast about watching old war films. Mm-hmm. Which when we initially started doing the show, uh, it seemed like maybe the last thing that Max Fun would uh, would want on the network. Right? It's mm-hmm. uh, yeah. It's three uh, white guys talking about war movies, which generally do not have a lot of female characters. Right. Or... I mean, it sounds basically like a subplot from King of the Hill. Yeah. It is a. Super duper duper dad sounding premise, uh, but when we got into uh, watching the films and watching them with a critical eye and trying to figure out like how these films not just work as films but also like they were made in a context a war movie made in one thousand nine hundred and fifty four is made in its contemporary context and speaks about what people thought. Masculinity was in the fifties, and what they what the people in the fifties thought masculinity from the forties looked like, which had even changed quite a bit in that ten years, um, or what they thought you know it, what they thought about nineteen seventeen or eighteen. And I think, to be fair, you and Adam also wanted to list the ordinances available on various aircrafts. There's a lot of that. (laughs) And, you know, because I love that stuff. uh, I'm not somebody that's like, those shoelaces were wrong. But I do like to talk about um, what's happening in the actual war. Like, oh, this was a pivotal moment because after this, you know, the Soviets couldn't advance or whatever. That, and that is dad stuff, but I try and make it interesting. Those guys try to punctuate it with a lot of fart jokes because that oh, is a big boy. success oh, on their boy. Star Trek podcast. Yeah. Yeah. But I try and shut Lowest that down. common denominator. Because I'm, t- I'm, you know. I'm top dad. You sure, know what you're I mean? top dad. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, that's enough, boys. And then they talk about focal lengths and lighting and all this film stuff that, like, who knows? I, don't, I mean, it's interesting, I guess. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Edit. So it's really knees on sand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, oh, that was an interesting tracking shot, and I'm like, I don't. I, was it mid wipe? Yeah. I mean, you're watching re- Star Wars. I recognize yeah. when like the sun is out. And stuff. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, that was a sunshine. Yeah, scene. that happened in daytime. Yeah, that was a cloudy Ooh. day scene. Uh, so they have a lot of insight there, and then of course they uh, they have a tremendous rapport with one another and with me. We've all been friends for a long time. So uh, and and of course Ben is quite a bit younger than I am, and Adam's somewhere in the middle. So we also have cultural contexts that are very different. Uh, you know, Ben brings a kind of millennial or millennium, sure, uh, like uh, take. Real ben will deliver some Berkeley shit if you need that. He'll, he'll throw Berkeley. Want at some me. Oakland? Yeah, yeah. He'll, he'll bring it. And then you know I'm like Mr. Dank memes. Sure, right. And uh, I and, know about you and memetics. Yeah, yeah. and uh, you know, and Adam, right? Like. Classic semiotics major. Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. not really. No. <laughs> a real Ira Glass. Yeah. No, I think he, he's poli sci like everybody on this network. <laughs> uh, but it's been super fun to do. I didn't realize how great it would be to watch these old films and parse them and dig them. I don't think you have to watch the movies to enjoy the show. Top success, top failure relative to your expectations. Uh you know the the um, a lot of the films that you expect to be good are good, and in some cases better even than you remember. Like watching Apocalypse Now with a critical eye, there are major flaws in that movie, but it is one of the 
pinnacles of cinema, even if you know all the terrible stories, even if you want Marlon Brando to be in a different movie, <laughs> or if you want a different Marlon Brando in that movie. Uh, Master and Commander, flawless film. Really, truly, like, great in every respect. Uh, Rambo is, like, an abomination. <laughs> truly <laughs> indefensible yeah. at every turn. Um, and it created not just, like, movie war movie tropes that plague us to this day, but it also, like, had a profound effect on America at the time and changed American political culture in the 80s in a super bummer way. I mean, we spent hundreds of millions of dollars pursuing the idea that there were POWs in the dozens being held still in Vietnamese prison camps into the late 80s, 25 years after the war ended. The Vietnamese inexplicably are still keeping American servicemen in bamboo cages. And we spent millions chasing down this idea, which there was no evidence for. Yeah, just don't watch an action movie made before the year 2000. I think is a good policy. An action movie, I guess, yeah. Not yeah. a war movie, because there are great, great war movies. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. But any movie where the protagonist is shirtless for yes. more than 80% yeah. of the film, yeah. Beverly Hills Cop is pretty fun. No, Beverly Hills Cop is good. Yeah. yeah. It's a good action movie. Beverly Hills Cop 2, where do you guys stand? Is Beverly Hills Cop 2 the one with the extended Gilbert Gottfried scenes, like where it was going to be Gilbert Gottfried's rocket ship to film stardom? I feel like that might be three. Okay. Beverly Hills Cop 2 is, you know, it's a pretty serious plot involving drug smuggling and... Well, definitely, if you watch any of these movies that you think of as being a comedy, uh, you realize real quick that, no, they're a boring action movie from the 70s that they've inserted five jokes and one comic <laughs> lead into. Well, and in, in war movies of the 50s and 60s, we, we discovered that there is a trope where at some point, even in a serious film, Don Rickles will appear <laughs> as a kind of like a chief petty officer. Sure. And just by having him on the screen, you'll feel like, oh, right, hey. this, is, you know, this is a little lighthearted moment where somebody gets a, a bug in his slop or whatever. Remember uh, that part in Dirty Work where they just have Don Rickles yell at everyone for like 10 minutes? A great part of Dirty Work. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, Friendly Fire is going to be covering Dirty Work next week on the program. <laughs> well, we're covering That's the Rolling Stones Wars album, Dirty Work. Right, yeah. Well, I and mean, it had a lot of post-Gulf War stuff in it. And I think a yeah, lot of sure. our post-Gulf War anxieties come out. Uh, in that scene where a skunk fucks a dog. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, we, cover, we cover war movies across the whole spectrum, right? All the way as, and from foreign, uh, foreign films and films in languages other than English. You've done most of your episodes are about Battleship Potemkin. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I like to think of myself as a Potemkin. Mm -hmm. sure. uh, but, uh, you know, we did The Three Kings. Oh, great. Uh, about the orig original Gulf War. And that was a film we were split on. Mm, really? Uh, I loved Three Kings at the time. And a lot of, and, and my co-hosts still do, but I feel like it does not hold up. It has a kind of early 90s, like, hip filmmaking thing, a lot of jump cuts sure. and a lot of like pata 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 and I just felt like it, it um, cheapened the fact that people were dying. Cheapened the career of Ice Cube and Marky Mark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. The, after that, they weren't taken seriously as actors. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, you, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Both Back of them are doing a lot of good work lately. You know what? I, I, those are two movie stars. I don't mind watching them in anything they're in. Yeah. I don't want to watch... I think that might be because I don't watch them in any of the bad things they're in, but 
I, I love him. You know, if Mark Wahlberg was on one of those planes in 9-11, it wouldn't have happened. That's a good I've point. Heard you know that. That, I've right? heard that. I've heard that from him. I could, you know what? I believe it from Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he has just enough of an in, complete in, – like he appears to be completely insane mm-hmm. in a very particular focused way that leads him to exercise, lead his entourage. And I think that – he would have uh, done something about it, and he's very fit. He would have marched right up to the front. He would have knocked on that door and said, not happening. Uh, <laughs> not on my watch. Yeah, he would have said it kind of slow yeah. and quizzically. No mm-hmm. matter how assertive he is, it seems quizzical. He's, yeah, so he'll be a little confused. Greatest charm. Mm-hmm. And then he would have taken over that plane, found the other planes, and like leapt between them, rescuing each subsequent plane. Yes, sure. You know who's in Three Kings? Alia Shakot. Tell me more about Alia Shawkat. She is the star of Search Party and the former star of Arrested Development, or I guess maybe current star of Arrested mm-hmm. Development. That doesn't seem to be certainly done. Uh, and uh, she it plays an Iraqi child. Oh, in it, she's a child actor at that point. Yeah, she's like thirteen or something. Yeah, there you go. Fun fact about Three Kings. What a yeah. fun, what a fun fact-filled episode. It's should another we, film. Should we drop some other fun facts about <laughs> movies that I enjoyed when I was seventeen? <laughs> I mean, you guys want to just... talk Sexy Beast? Sure. Let's just Do go to one. the IMDb goof page. Want to talk about the Limey? Mm. You're going to turn this episode. Uh, you're going to turn this opportunity. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, well, uh, our producer Brian Sunny D Fernandez. He's on the boards this week. He's here. He looks great. He's got three shirts on. Looking very good. Look really like I really like this multiple shirt look for him. Is the dress code here like come correct? Is that the only dress code at Max Fun, or do, can people just come dressed like Jordan? <laughs> I think people come dressed almost exclusively like Jordan. I um, think, uh, in fact, I would I would uh, say that Jordan comes in here and and really knocks the competition on its butt most days. Mm-hmm. He's wearing a jort today. I'm but wearing that's a jort. This is a jort. He left day. the house in a hurry. Listen, we're to recording the podcast. It's a little different. I had to rush over here. I forgot. It's been a busy week, and I'm wearing a jort. But I, and I don't say, need shit for it. Yeah, and it's hot out. I would say Brian and Jordan, and when they're here, do do Jordan Jesse go? That's when we're at our peak. Because they're both all they both always bring the heat. Yeah. Brian and Jordan are always bringing the heat. Bikram, no sir, no, <laughs> no sir. Brian's got three shirts on. Jordan barely has one shirt on. Bikram explained to the me. Shirt, his, I might even take this one off. Actually, uh, Bikram explained changing. to me the other day his theory of buying one pair of shoes every two years and then switching them out. And I'm like, well, that's why your shoes are so fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> Bikram's great. Though. We had a lovely Brilliant. conversation about our shoes when I walked in Brilliant. the door because yeah. that's the kind of people we are. Yeah, we're shoe hey, talkers. nice shoes. Oh, thanks. Nice shoes to you. <laughs> so let's learn about your shoes. <laughs> so yeah, so civil. Let me just say about my shoes. Maximumfun.reddit.com on Reddit. JJ go at maximumfun.org. 206-984-4FUN is that telephone number. We're also on Facebook in the Maximum Fun group. And you can catch Roderick on Friendly Fire and us next time on Jordan Jesse Go. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.